0: That gospel reading continues on, and it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, two of his inner circle, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. This is a a meal that was a tradition. It was something that they did year in and year out. And as we've been reading through the New Testament over the last few months, we looked at Luke 2 and how Jesus went year after year with his family to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. And here he's with his disciples, a group of men who had been with him for three years, who knew him intimately and did life with him on all kinds of different avenues, And so I think this evening it would be pertinent for us just to take a look at who is sitting around the table with Jesus. Because I think it gives us a glimpse of what Jesus does in this meal. And I think there's some key words that we hear while he's changing this meal for them, but also for us. And those words are, for you. But before we get there, who's around the table? Well, we know Judas. Right? Judas, who Satan enters and betrays Jesus, gives him up to die on a cross. But sometimes we forget that Judas was a money handler for the apostles. So he had trust built up within the group. He was someone who walked and talked and ate with Jesus, not just once or twice, but for years. Years. Someone who was loved. But here he is, sitting at the table, ready to betray Jesus. And then you got Simon the Zealot. Now, we don't know a whole lot about zealots, most of us, but they were a sect of the Jews who wanted to see a revolution, and they were going to do anything to make that happen. And so... They did behind the scenes covert stuff to incite riots. They have weapons they make themselves called sakaris that they could hide within their garments. So they were essentially some of the first assassins at times. And we don't know where we don't know where Simon fell within that group, if it was just aligning with the thought that, yes, we want a revolt, or if he was in the inside of that group. Then you have fishermen. People who worked hard for a day's labor, a day's wage. They either caught fish and the day was good, or they didn't and they had to face the fact that they were coming home with nothing. These were men who had hard lives day to day, Working, struggling, not knowing where food or money was coming from at times. Then you got Matthew. Matthew, the tax collector. And as we've been reading through Luke, especially, we see that tax collectors have their own designation, right? The Pharisees, these people who know the law inside and out, they always say, Well, you eat with. Tax collectors and sinners. These are people who who had bought their way into a, a Roman position and lorded it over people and stole their money and cheated them out of things because they they increased the taxes just to pad their own pockets. We see that with the story of Zacchaeus. But here is Matthew sitting at the table with Jesus. These men who are around Jesus are ordinary guys who are, are broken. They have their own life that they've dealt with, the hard times and the good times, the brokenness and the joy. And as they sit there with Jesus, there's a recognition that something special is happening. They've walked with Jesus. They've talked with him. They know that he is The Messiah, they know that something special and extraordinary is gonna happen. Some of them may have thought it was coming through kind of a martial law, and it's gonna be militaristic. Some of them thought it might have been political and wanted Jesus to come as he was riding in on that donkey to come in and just be declared declared king right there. Jesus had another thought. In mind, a thought that would go beyond these 12 and it would go into the lives of all. He knew what was going to happen just mere hours from sitting at the table with these gentlemen. He knew that what they knew in their head would be disconnected from their heart as he was arrested in the garden. And so he goes to them and he gives them something special. Now this is a meal that they had partaken in before and more than likely with Jesus if they've been with him for three years. But in this moment, Jesus knows they need more. They need more than the transaction that it was in Exodus. If you put the blood on the doorpost, then I will save you. Jesus knew that They need something that would be transformational. Something that would take these words and connect them into their lives in a meaningful way. And he does that by saying, This is me for you. The Passover lamb, the unblemished one, me for you. And so Jesus takes the extraordinary and he does something super special. And that connects into our lives as well. And we, as a church, call these means of grace. they are ways that we remember that we are loved and we were forgiven, no matter what is happening in our world and how broken we feel or how disconnected we may become. In this moment, Jesus does an extraordinary thing. He takes bread and wine. He says, you know what? This is me for you. He comes in not just transaction, but in transformation. And as he does that, he knows the disciples' heart. He knows our heart. He knows how much we know or we don't know, how much... Um, We have a connection with our heart knowledge of him and our head knowledge of him or how much we may not But he beckons us to come to the table because he says in this moment. This is me coming to you And in this moment, this is a connection for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you I'm gonna help you in this moment Because if we remember just mere hours from jesus sitting at this table Everyone leaves him in the garden, they run. As Jesus is on trial, there's just a few of them that are right there. As Jesus is on the cross, they've been scattered. But then, we know that there's a resurrection day coming. We know that, that the joy would be felt again. But in those hours, there was... Extreme pain, extreme brokenness that they must have felt, if you 've ever lost a loved one, you may know what that feels like to be torn in two and know not know which way is up, but Jesus, in these moments, in these words for you he 's saying no this is this is me helping you right the ship, this is me mending the brokenness, this is me coming.' To you. Me coming to you. And so this meal is no longer just about the people who were. Back in the day in Exodus. This is about the people around the table. This is about the people who would come around the table for ages to come. This is about Jesus coming into our brokenness. And healing it with his words. This is me for you. His words of forgiveness, his words of love, his words of hope. This is me for you. As we partake in the meal, we come to the table and we each have our own things that are happening in life. We each have our struggles. We each have our brokenness. We each have our joys. We each have our celebrations. And Jesus knows it all. He knows that when we come to the table, we're not perfect. He knows that when we come to the table, we're coming because we need him. And so, as we come to the table in just a few minutes, hear these words of Jesus comes to you. And the words of for you actually mean something. They mean that he has come into your brokenness. He has come into your joy. And he brings a hope for tomorrow. I'm going to invite you to stand as we look at the rest of this account from Luke. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Then came the day of unlimited bread. On which the Passover lamb had to sacrifice, Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher says, where is the guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large upper room, all furnished. Make preparations there. I have eagerly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the he gave thanks and said, Take this and invite it on you. For I tell you, I will not drink again for the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and after giving thanks, he said, he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Be to God. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also